Hello and welcome to the final Eurocast podcast episode of the year brought to you by Nerve Podcast uh, with me, Sam Spot. And me, Noah Smith. So, the final one of the year. Yeah, the final one of the year. As -hmm. we mentioned last week, we're going to be doing sort of a roundup of the year, what's happened in European football, basically. So, Mm -hmm. but before we get into that, we'll quickly look at. we're going to look at some of the uh, headlines going into the January transfer window. It's the transfers, yes. This is the exciting bit. For the next few weeks, we'll be talking about transfers for the start, hopefully, if there's any. Yeah. January is already a bit dry. Some big European names are, you know, rumoured of uh, moves. Uh, the biggest move that has been confirmed, though, I think, like today, is Ferran Torres to I, uh, Barcelona. I don't... on. All sides of this, I don't understand. Like, uh, why would City get rid of him? He's twenty-one. I mean, for, he wants to leave Torres. He wanted to go to to, to Spain. I guess, but like, that's why. For see, fifty-five see mil. I'm mean, gonna be alright. So, it's not only the money. I mean, Torres. I think the way I see it, Torres didn't want to stay at City. He wanted to go to Spain. And I guess. he'll start for Barca. He'll grow at Barca. I don't. I don't think City mind too much. They have got enough players. Yeah, they'll, but, be all right. they'll certainly I mean, find a replacement, but I don't think they really need a replacement. City were already like light up front. Like <laughs> we, we like people always gone on, go on about how like City need a striker, and Ferran Torres was probably the most striker like player they had, and now they've sold him to Barcelona. Barcelona also, I don't know what magic trick they've pulled to get fifty five million. That's what I don't understand. I don't know where <laughs> they've got the money from. Um, apparently, though. There is an answer to that question. They they took out a loan from um, like the Goldsmiths company or something like that. They got Another like, like a four hundred euro, four hundred million euro loan, basically. You're joking. So. Another one. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, like... so hopefully they can pay for it. <laughs> I swear that like, that's how they're in so much debt in the first place. They were taking out yeah. these loans, and now they're just taking out another. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to well, say I mean, about this move. Yeah, I mean, I think for Ferran Torres, it's good. Gets yeah, I do actually. Life. I did as well. And Barca going, I think I think it'll work out for him. Um, I mean, City, as long as they replace him or bring in someone, which they, they can do. I mean, they got the power. If they want to bring someone in, they'll do it very quickly. Hmm. So I think that'll be all right. I, honestly, I feel like it's not a bad transfer for everyone involved. Really? That's the yeah, way I've done it. Oh, no, I just feel like, I feel. I just feel like Barca just don't have the resources by now to pull off this move. I mean, it's great for Torres. Like, great for Torres, I feel yeah. like he will become like one of the main men at Barcelona now. Like oh, yeah. He will start most games, and like him, the pie, like uh, Ansu Fati, like those three up front. As well, like the youngsters, like Nico Gonzalez and Abdi and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, like I think it's a good move on Torres's side, but like for the clubs, I I don't really understand it. We've got some other moves being uh, rumored. I'll be I will say the transfer segment which just me going on Romano's like Twitter f- feed and <laughs> just seeing what's <laughs> being said. He's, he's a reliable of- source. Yeah, I think, but the thing is, not really a source. He kind of just he does a lot of kind of confirming, which is fine because he's got a fairly reputable base. So, hmm. um, something that has been put down on this transfer segment on the, because it happened like today is that I've seen um, apparently Insigne is very very much considering a move to Toronto FC. Wait, who? Insigne. What Lorenzo Insigne to Toronto? Yes. Yes. Is that actually real? Yeah. So Toronto are oh, more than serious for Lorenzo Insigne, as reported um, like a few days ago. 
Um, they're pushing. Yeah, but he's seriously thinking about it, Insigne. So I don't. Um, the like offering... he's, he's a club legend at Napoli. Trons are offering him 11.5 million euros a season, uh, which I try to think what that would be. I don't know. I mean, I'll do the math quickly. I mean, while you're doing the math, I just want to say that Insigne would absolutely make a joke of MLS. He's getting paid like 220k, uh, well, it's about 200k a, a week. Jesus. I mean, if he if he actually tried, like, I know, like. Like some big players, they go to MLS and they just don't try because they just they don't have to try. But if it's so plays to its potential in MLS, I mean, he will just make an absolute joke of that league. The thing is, I don't know. Toronto is, I mean, hmm. that's the thing. I don't know if Toronto. It's from Toronto side. I mean, they've got their owners apparently are quite expensive. They've got quite a lot of money, so they can't afford this. But it's just, I don't know. But I mean, I mean he's a good player. I think most clubs are. T- I, there'll be a lot of big European clubs oh, yeah. that love him. I, I, don't, I don't know a club in Europe that wouldn't like. He, he would easily get into the like the the match day squad of any team in Europe. Like maybe maybe wouldn't start for like a Bayern Munich or something like that. But he would definitely get into the squad on a match day. Yeah, he'd, he'd so. start for the majority of teams in Europe. Like a bit mental though, I will say. And now he's going to go I to mean, a league where Carlos Hill is one of the best players. Like, he is thinking about it, but. In Sydney, but I don't, again, I hope that doesn't happen. He could have I, a change of heart. Yeah, I, maybe I it's hope a point. He does. It could be also if a play that when he says he's serious to think about it, it could be a way to get his club to pay. You know, so maybe he's demanding quite high wages. They might be like, "Hey, we'll pay that." So, so it could be a way for Sydney to get more money as well from Napoli. So, could be. That? Hopefully, it is. Uh, Roma are in advanced talks to loan out, not loan out, loan in uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles. That's good. Um, Good for Maitland-Niles because he wants he just he doesn't want to be at Arsenal right now because yeah, he's he, not getting any. He games. really wants game time, doesn't he? I mean, he, he, I could see Maitland-Niles being a future guy for, for Arsenal because they're kind of building around these young guys, and Maitland-Niles is perfect for that thing. But I guess it's just so many players. I mean, he's really versatile, but he hasn't really got one position. So yeah, exactly. I mean, a bit Roma, he'll kind of find his position. I know he he doesn't like. I mean, people have said his best positions like sort of like right back, but like. Or like right wing back, but I, I know yeah. he doesn't really like playing there. But that is his best position. But I think going to Roma would be a good move because like they've got a good core of English players there now. So and Mourinho like, is also fairly keen him as well, which is quite nice for him. So. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I think I think this would be a great move if it did go through. Jeremy Bogger to Atalanta. I've seen this for the past few weeks as well. Um, I think it's well. There's going to be confirmed quite soon. Twenty-two million pound. Pound 22 million euros plus add ons to Sassuolo. Uh, so what good do you think about Boga? I mean, Boga's a good player, yeah. He's a good player, getting a good bit of money for him. He's a fairly quick winger, he's good dribbling. Uh, he's not bad as well. Like, he, he's not, he's not, I'm not gonna say he has got any sort of good, he's still his end product's not the best, obviously. Yeah, those kind of players don't have that, <laughs> but he's not bad. You know, I feel like he can just be one of these players that like Atalanta just turn into an absolute superstar. Well, not I mean, superstar. At the moment, the way he plays and where he plays isn't suited to how Atalanta play. Yeah. However, um, well, apart from the work rate, obviously Bog would probably, I'd imagine he works quite hard because I don't see why, otherwise Atalanta just wouldn't buy him, obviously. Yeah. But I can see him do, I mean, they can turn him into, if they get his get him finishing and stuff, then he, 
he'll be he'll be great because he's really quick. He could be a good kind of replacement, long term replacement for Muriel and uh, or and or Zapata, like that kind of one of their strikers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking good. of wingers, fast wingers, Jonathan Okone uh, looks like he's going to Fiorentina uh, for forty million euros, which is Very incredibly cheap. cheap. Yeah, it got a fifty percent future sale, but that's incredibly cheap. Kind of shows you how how Lee Gunn's kind of like a lot of clubs are struggling for money. Especially yeah, Lille. Especially, Lille, yeah, Lille just sell anyone and, and everyone's been. That's, that's just which what is, they do. They got some big feats in the past. They just they always, they always struggle with money, Lille, which is interesting. I mean, I guess they put it back into the clubs, you know, get these players so they can sell them again. I guess that's kind of what they do. But yeah, for, still 14 million euros. You could do, but I feel like you do better than that for Jonathan Okone. You could easily get 20 for him. Like, sure. Like, Jonathan Okone is, I mean, he's a good player. <laughs> like, he's done I, I well guess in the league. How COVID um is impacted the Liga, as well as the you know whole TV deal stuff. So yeah, yeah, good move for Fiorentina though. Yeah, quite cheap. Yeah, uh, excellent. Just, they're, already, for... they're already using the Valovic money, <laughs> as I see. <laughs> uh, Real Sociedad has actually just been confirmed as well today. Uh, uh, have loaned Rafinha from PSG. Uh, I mean, yeah, Rafinha's Rafinha's quite good. Actually, had a bit of a, an fair. on and off career to be honest. So. He's a good player, Rafina, I feel. Yeah. Um, underrated. So, you know, going to be a sociedad. I'd like um, to see how that so turns out. That'll probably help them. I imagine they'll probably want a midfielder like him. Mm. I can see him definitely getting some games there. So, yeah, good all round. Yeah. Um, Martial, as well. There's a lot of this. Is, this isn't anything confirmed. This is just news. Martial wants to leave. Um, there was actually a bid in, apparently, for, uh, from Sevilla. But um, we rejected it because I think they only wanted to pay half of the wages he's on. So, oh yeah, but he wants to, he wants to go much. I mean, he's on two hundred forty k a week apparently. We don't even know he's on that much. I thought he was on less than that. Two hundred forty. That, that's mental. Like, but yeah. I mean, Martial, it's really really weird, Martial, because he hasn't got any game t- that much game time recently. And Ranjit came in, and as soon as he came in, Martial was like, "I want to leave." Like, what? What sort of timing is that? <laughs> It doesn't give him a chance. I mean, I the think... players have been playing dreadfully. He has a chance to actually get a place in the team now because yeah. everyone's playing poorly. I think but... he's just been unsettled there for a while now. And now the new manager has yeah. come and he's like, like, right, and I, I do want to leave now. Like, this is my time to go. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will. I mean, if you want, if a club can afford him, then I'm sure he will get his move away. Um, swear for who can afford him, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, Sevilla we'll put in the offer, but I mean, I think. What was it Juventus have been linked with him? I think were PSG yeah, linked with him. I'm not, I'm not probably sure he's now. French. I could see. I could. I mean, him to PSG oh, would Newcastle, make sense. Of but we're, we're Newcastle have been. And Newcastle would kind of makes more sense because he can play striker and left wing, which is mm. kind of who they need to cover for. Because Wilson and Maxi Maxwell get injured every, like all the time, like yeah. in the game of United, they're both injured. <laughs> like <laughs> so, I don't know, interesting. I mean, Martial. Um, I will remember. I always remember the um, Martin Tyler quote. Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony, Anthony Martial. Yeah, that was brilliant goal that, on his debut. Against Liverpool, yeah, brilliant. So, but yeah, he just hasn't really kicked on for that nineteen twenty season. So, <laughs> was it twenty? I think it's twenty twenty one actually. I can't remember which season it was. Twenty twenty one was last season. It was nineteen twenty because it was the back yeah. end of the co- start of COVID. So yeah, yeah, it was that season that he kicked on because we start we we were like the best team in the league. Like the second half of that season, because Bruno okay. came in, 
and our front three was oh, just yeah, insane. That, yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was 1920. Yeah, Bruno came in and you just, I mean, it, it was just Bruno, which made you a good team, basically. Yeah. Uh, Diego Godin will apparently leave Cagliari the next few days. So, I mean, he's just uh, fallen off a cliff, really, since leaving uh, Atleti. Yeah, I guess he might, he probably should go back to like, he probably go to a South American club or something. Yeah. I imagine. I could see that. I I, I, he, I can see him going to like the Brazilian league with like Hulk and Diego Costa. Is it Atletico Mineiro Diego or Costa's something? quite good, you know, and Hulk. Actually, Diego Costa especially, he's, I think he can still do a job at most places. If Falcao's yeah. doing a fantastic job at, in Spain, I think Diego Costa can. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, so um, I think Diego Costa's going to stay in Brazil now. I don't see him. Yeah, I'd imagine that. so, but... um. Interesting story as well. Uh, it's the final story we're going to highlight from the transfer for the transfer segment. I don't know what we call this. I guess just transfer, transfer news segment. <laughs> um, this is one I kind of had to just because I like him like, as a player. Uh, Romano's saying that Newcastle are looking at Sven Botman. I mean, who if they can if Newcastle can get Sven Botman for as cheap as Fiorentina got Jonathan Kone, oh, he, he'll then he, that's I mean, an excellent about, deal. <laughs> I felt they should. He's worth about 20, 25 mil, but they can probably get him fifteen easily. Yeah. Like he's he's like he's a great player. He's genuinely like he, for someone his age. He, I mean, he's fairly quick for a defender. He's got he's left sided, which everyone loves, obviously. <laughs> uh, he's he, he got he's got a good passing range on him. He defends well. He's very his decisions are quite good. His positioning is good. He's always concentrated. Like he's 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 really good. He's just he's just a really good defender. Yeah. Um. And someone who I'm sure will, I mean, if Newcastle get him, he'll be a you know, starting centre-back for a long time. Yeah, they, they need a defender. And I mean, Botman, a good young left-sided centre-back is basically perfect what they need right Imagine now. Imagine if they have a back three or back two of just Botman and Tarkovsky. That would yeah. be quite good. I mean, but... that's if they get Tarkovsky as well. Yeah. Which is nothing I less likely now. But... I've had nothing on Tarkovsky. I've had literally nothing on him. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I still th- I think Burnley want quite a bit of money for him still. Yeah. I don't know if they think they can like renew his contract or something, but maybe it depends. They have to stay up first. Yeah, but <laughs> so if not, Stone Botman's still a great pick, and I'm glad he's getting. I'm glad Newcastle look at him because that's a very sensible transfer. Yeah, definitely. Right, I think yeah. that's all the transfers we got. I guess it's time to reflect on the, the year because there were no games. There were zero games. So well, yeah, there were Premier we League games, but I mean, we won't talk about that. We, you know what happened? In the no, Premier no, League. we're not a Premier League podcast. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, twenty twenty one in football, it was it was mental. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, COVID just basically mixing everything up, and then like other stories on top of that. Like, I mean, we'll start off with what was probably the biggest, well, one of the biggest, probably the biggest story of the year. That mm-hmm. or the Euros, and that is the. Uh, but the European Super League and the absolute shambles yeah, that happened that's, with is that. related to COVID because a lot of clubs who weren't the best particularly well run got completely fucked <laughs> in that time period. And the Super League was kind of, it kind of, I mean, it's something they've always threatened to try and get, you know, UA, the, the UEFA to like make changes to suit them, which they actually did anyway. It still worked because they've changed, the format's changing next year, isn't it? Yeah. Because I mean, you've got like, I think you've got a wall now where it's going to be 36 teams and there's two slots available for like like legacy clubs and that, like people who have historically done well. And that means people like Arsenal and Tottenham, if they don't perform, if let's say Tottenham finish like seventh, they might still be able to get in Champions League. 
Yeah, I don't so. I don't like the new changes. I I don't see what's wrong with the this format to be honest. But the Super League as well, what that was I mean, I've never seen it something unite so many people. Like so many different people. Like yeah. it was <laughs> mental. It's it was crazy because like for all, all of my life, like on like social media or whatever, like Liverpool fans, Man United fans hated each other, Barcelona fans, Real Madrid fans hated each mm-hmm. other. And then for this like one or two week period they were just united against this common enemy. Football Twitter was mental for that. If you did any Twitter tweet on it, it would get like five times the amount of likes or whatever. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It was the most mental thing. Like, Fog, Fog, Fog Dad was like <laughs> in the streets, go with a petter check or whatever. Like, it was mental. Oh, yeah, because no, yeah, the, the horde of Chelsea fans outside Stamford Bridge and the petter check had to go and sort them out. It was so funny. But yeah. I feel like we've kind of haven't we kind of explained what Super League. I mean, a lot of you will, will know what this is, but for those who don't, yeah, essentially, uh, I think twelve huge clubs in Europe, um, eleven huge clubs in Tottenham. Yeah, and Tottenham. <laughs> um, yeah, they um, all decide uh, the owners of those clubs uh, decided that they were they were going to um, pull out and form of their domestic leagues. Well, not pull out. That's not what they wanted to do, but they decided to go and form their own Super League, which essentially meant. Was like a comp- like especially like a twenty team competition. They were gonna have like six, fifteen or sixteen like teams that would always be there that can't get relegated. You know, they would all play each other like you know, and that's all that they'll, they'll be. And then you have four teams who are like invitational teams, which if they do well in the domestic leagues, they'll come up or whatever. And yeah, yeah, not a good idea. No, it just, it just ruins what football is basically like. Yeah, you just got the same teams playing over and over, which exactly. isn't particularly a good thing anyway. And also, there's no cost for being bad because you can't get relegated if you're one of these founder clubs. Exactly. It, it turns football into a franchise game, which is what we love about it not being. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you look at the American sports and you see like, these franchises and stuff and how they like, move around. It's literally the Americanization just... of sport. Yeah. Like, that's literally what it was, which there's no cost for being a particularly bad team, which is kind of the, the, the agony is part of football. That's what makes it, that's what makes the good times exactly. good. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, that kind of removes any meaning if you don't have that. But luckily, everyone united. Like every, Gary Neville was like, he, he, he was on a mad one. Man, man was Gary Neville became like the football reincarnation of Mahatma Gandhi. Just literally, he was like, <laughs> that was the most, like Monday Night Football was like must watch television. It was mental. But yeah, I mean, you had United fans storming Old Trafford. You had like all sorts of stuff. It was, it was crazy. And you know, fans just wanted, you know, they, um, they made the, they made a lot of the owners, but most of the owners, apart from I think Barca, Real, and Juventus, they made all of them concede. They all like, you know, made, made concessions. You've seen some clubs try their best to kind of appease fans afterwards and be a better, like the Glazers, for example. They're, they are trying their best <laughs> to. Yeah, <laughs> I think John Henry had to make like a, a YouTube apology video, like Logan Paul or whatever. He's like. I'm incredibly yeah. sorry for my actions and stuff. <laughs> I feel like the Travis Scott one with the black and white filter. Just <laughs> yeah. that meme. But yeah, it was not a good look. And it was it was a great moment for football fans and football when it finally got, you know, when people finally oh, yeah, kind huge, of went back dub for football fans. Absolutely. Yes, massive dub for football fans. We, we made yeah. that not happen. See, that was the biggest story, basically, because that basically threatened football as we knew it. So I feel like that's fair enough for it to be the biggest story. Yeah. Um, so, talking, well, as I mentioned briefly earlier, the probably if the Super League isn't the biggest story, then the, the biggest story is 
Euro 2021 because that, yeah. that was a brilliant tournament. I enjoyed that it was, tournament it was a fun so tournament. much. I mean, again, I will. I feel like the biggest thing I will probably say is, I suppose the scariest bit was the Ericsson moment, which oh, that I was, will briefly talk about. But that, that wasn't. Was yeah, I, I will preface that was like a big like kind of blight on what was a fairly good tournament. That and also the kind of the behaviour of a lot of like well, in, mainly England fans as well. I mean, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah well. Were, yeah, it wasn't great, especially the final, but I feel like it was over-exaggerated. Maybe that's just an uh, opinion. Possibly, but there was also, you know, it kind of raised awareness to a lot of things, like a lot of domestic issues as well, which come out of football, which people kind of don't really think too much about. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it was, those were kind of dark moments in what was a fairly, you know, memorable and fun tournament. Yeah, but it's um, not like, because besides that, you had like, like there were some great, like stories, games in that tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, Denmark's like, I run after. Denmark had a great run, got to the semis. I think it's semis. Was it semis? Yeah, semis. Yeah. We, uh, we beat them in the semis. Dam's got with a hell of a free kick. Yeah, oh, when that free kick, free kick went in, my heart just sank. When I, I watched that live, so my, friend was, my friend was like, who, who is Dam's got? I was like, oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> but, I mean, as a, as a Wales support, it was not the best tournament for us, you know. Well, you put up a good fight. <laughs> that turkey game was amazing. Oh, that yeah. was great. We like smashed turkey out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely was thought, I thought turkey was going to be the dark. Everyone thought turkey Every, was the dark. Yeah, turkey just they, absolutely flopped. Because they, they were unbeaten. Were so bad. Like, for like a few, like, they were basically like Italy. They were unbeaten for ages. And then they just, they were just awful. <laughs> like, I remember watching that first game, Turkey v Italy, and Turkey just. They 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 had nothing. They were awful in defense. They were awful going what, forward. The, Burak Yilmaz just won Liga and was like top scorer, and he he, he was just d- doing a graveyard shift every like game. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even his fault. They got it good was players. Just, it was just no Turkey's like whole game plan was just punt it up the pitch. They only yeah. had Burak Yilmaz up there and just hope that he will do something. They've got <laughs> creators. They've got people like Chal Oglu is on the pitch. Like <laughs> yeah, that? But, oh, it's... <laughs> yeah, um, they not, were awful. Not, not particularly good. Um, but yeah, uh, England's run was, um, I mean, fortuitous. But even even still, you need that in a tournament. You know, it was it, it wasn't um, that fortuitous. I mean, the Germany played, game was the biggest. Yeah, game. exactly. We played really well yeah. against Germany, and that was the highlight for a lot of people. Uh, that Germany game. Cause... It was the highlight for me. That was, I'd say that that is probably like the best football, like the most happy I've been watching a football game. That was kind of like a when Pickford saved a penalty in the 2018 World Cup moment, I feel. Yeah. They finally stopped being shared penalties. I I think it probably beats the Colombia game, actually. Because, I don't know, because it's because it's it's like Germany's like our biggest rival. Mm. And we beat them. (laughs) England are good, good fun. Um, Good fun. I mean, Luke Shaw, like, was, I mean, he had a great season and he just turned into, like, he was basically just Roberto Carlos for, like, Up until then, afterwards, it's been more like um, Luke Shaw. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player. Um, it's been more like I can't even think of a bad left back. Sead Kolasinac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, oh, when he scored that goal in the final, it was the happiest well moment. And then, I mean, England didn't play particularly well in the final. Italy, Italy were fantastic as well. Like in that, oh, in they, that they, yeah, they, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. Mancini throughout. really like 
has got that team playing some fantastic football. Well, they may not qualify for the World Cup, though. So, no, but I still think Mancini. I'm just, I'll be so, I mean, I could see Mancini doing something. He can, go, he can get any big job after the Italy gig. Anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if I like he went to like back to Inter or something like that. It's nice for him as well because he, you know, he's he's won the he's won the Prem. He was the he won Man City's first Prem, so you know, yeah, good manager. Under underrated manager just throughout his whole career. Yeah, yeah, really good tournament, Euros. Uh, yeah, another really good tournament. We move on to is uh, Champions League, both for men and women's Champions League. Yes, Talk in the men's, the, Champions the men's League. first probably Chelsea. Chelsea versus City. Uh, <laughs> it's, I feel like people thought City were going to win and Pep did typical Pep things and overthought it. <laughs> like, what, what was the stupid thing he did in this final? He, like, he didn't have a he didn't have a DM. He yeah. literally played like Gundogan. Uh, I can't even remember now. Gundogan, Foden, like, De Bruyne, or something. Yeah, he had like just he didn't have he didn't put Fernandinho or Rodri on. It was just I, know, like, I think I think Fernandinho was playing. He didn't start. Back. Did he not? No, he. Did. I don't think Fernandinho just didn't even start. I'm pretty sure he, he came on like half time. But I don't. He just didn't play of any. He, did, why is he doing that? Yeah. He had a system. He does. <laughs> just. I, I don't understand now, Pep. I. He just gets. He just. He just got dominated by Tuchel that game. He couldn't do anything. Yeah, Tuchel just went in with his like. It's just a standard Chelsea setup, but it, yeah, like, they were just solid. the better they team. Attacked the well, team. clever. T- I mean, yeah. Um, Chelsea. Especially from what you know, Lampard thinks were not the best when he let, he 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 was sacked, mm. and Tuchel kind of came in and really kind of lifted that team and made it like a really really strong outfit. So yeah, exactly. Uh, women's side as well. I will briefly talk about that uh, because yeah, women's Champions League quite a big tournament still. They draw big crowds. Um, Bas- Barcelona won the women's uh, Champions League, uh, which is significant because Leon has been dominating that competition for a few years now. Yeah, I know. I know. Leon, like, how many did they won like in a row? Wasn't it like four or five? I was trying to say it's, it's like four ish. Like, I'm not really like the, the, too up to. They were kind of like above football. beyond everyone. I think their second best team was like Chelsea for for a lot of that period. Yeah, but like Barca, yeah, finally managed to um, end that dominance. So well done, Barcelona, uh, for that. Uh, I think I have a big tournament as well. It coming at the same time as the year was was Copa America. Yes. Messi finally winning it. his his international tournament. Yeah, he finally yeah won in that cup, and he played really well as well. Messi, so you know, yeah, he he most of, the tournament, of his twenty twenty one. Yeah, most of his twenty twenty one was like pretty good. Like he went to PSG, he had a bit of injury thing, but he's he's been yeah again largely. For some, I mean, this is some people because some people kind of see the season as like Messi not doing particularly well, but even then he still did really well. Mm. So you know this. He's really good. And also, with the Cop America, another player who surprised many was Ben Brereton. Who, <laughs> when I I've first been aware saw of that, I couldn't actually believe that he switched. But yeah, he he, he 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 managed to find some shitty ancestry, ancestry somewhere. Um, moved to Chile and he 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 banged in like a bunch of goals. And he's doing it in the championship as well. He's got like 19 goals in like 18, 19 games like that. He's, he's like linked he's, to, to Leeds as well, I think. Yeah, like he, I, he just... Which is really impressive for Ben Burton Diaz. Like, what a player! <laughs> I mean, a he always showed promise. Like, I remember when he when yeah. he, he made his championship debut. He was like for seventeen Forest, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, he always had a bit of promise. I feel like he always liked a, maybe a bit of end product for someone in his position. But he's finally managed to get that now. 
and yeah, future's looking bright for Ben Rosen. Especially he's also a step up since Adam um Adam Armstrong left. So yeah, exactly. Blackburn looking yeah. good for going up as well. I think they're third uh, in the championship. I say that they all, they're probably gonna sell they're gonna lose one or two key players. I don't I don't know. I don't think they'll go up unless they manage to keep their players. I mean, they're looking good at least for up. a playoff spot. So, I mean, possibly. And in the, in the yeah. championship playoffs, anything can happen. That's true. And I think the summer window, that's for the other big 2021 thing because that window was insane. Like a post COVID, yeah. like fans, like just before fans came back, things were mental. Messi to PSG was probably the biggest one because it was Messi leaving Barcelona after which all that. People time. thought would never happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, both yes. the goats moving in the same window, like Ronaldo. To yeah, Ronaldo went well. to United, Huge which move. was a bit of a last-minute thing, but hey, it was massive still. Yeah. Um, other huge yeah. moves as well, like Lukaku to Chelsea. Yeah, that's good for Lukaku to deserve the that kind of move. If it, if it, you know, if he wasn't going to stay into deserved a big move to big club because he has deserved that. Yeah, we'll back Lukaku, <laughs> which I should, I'm one of the only United fans that actually kind of backs Lukaku, but. He gets a lot of hate for someone who probably it was really really brilliant to be fair. He's, well, he's a really a, good world class striker. Definitely. Um, other moves in the summer window. I mean, PSG just went absolutely berserk. They brought in like Sergio Ramos. They uh, had an insane window. Ramos, Hakimi, Wijnaldum, yeah, Donnarumma, Donnarumma. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> well, that's insane. That's like. <laughs> You can't like that's like the, the second best transfer was like Crystal Palace. That was like <laughs> the second best transfer window. To be fair, very very good transfer window for it. Then Mark Mark Gay, yeah. Joachim Anderson. I I backed him not to go down, so I feel vindicated in that. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. a bit unsure about Patrick Vieira at the start of the season, but I mean, I was as well. But it's it's worked out luckily, so that's good. Yeah. Yes, I think the only other thing we talk about now in regards to the year. Is our team of the year? Yeah. Um, me and Sam both made team of the years. Um, I just want to go position by position. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll both we'll both do ours position by position. We've both got so. like a back four, two three midfielders and three attackers three as such. Forwards, so. Yeah. So, so we can we'll, we'll start off with our goalkeepers, I guess. So I've gone for a uh, Edward Mendy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense given what he's won Champions I mean, League. Yeah, Champions League. I think just what he's Chelsea's... done for Chelsea, like he's just. Like he he's just been, I'd say the most consistent goalkeeper this year. Yeah, and I can see the winning that Champions that, yeah. League. I think he wants getting into the team of the year for me. Um, I went with a bit of a. I kind of went for this for purpose because I wanted to go with someone a bit more kind of people that wouldn't people wouldn't kind of think of immediately, but I feel there's good thinking behind it. It's Mike Myigan, who has been surprisingly good. I think. Um, yeah, he's he's been, been good. I, he's um he won yeah he won La Liga, uh got a big move to AC Milan, has played well for AC Milan, who are a team are doing quite well in Syria. He's also someone who kind of who actually outperforms his kind of like expected, like expected goals conceded, expected say like you know, uh, expected clean sheets. He kind of outperforms both those metrics. So yeah, he saves a lot more than he really should be, and you know concedes less than he actually should be conceding. So yeah, he's kind of up there with David Hay in those kind of metrics at the moment, which is quite big. So I feel like Mike Megan is kind of deserving of this. I think Mendy's probably <laughs> Mendy probably should be it. Yeah, I but think mine. Yeah, I mean, mind... no offense think... to you, but I I I I don't think I'd put him in my top five. Top I mean, five? I, you wouldn't. I love I love Mike. I love Mike. Oh, I love on. him. I think he's great. 
but if I don't like, he's yeah, he's he's his performances are brilliant. I mean, he's only won league and it's he a crime that he didn't start for his country. Yeah, because yeah, because they're a fraud. Because <laughs> the DH Shams are fraud, and <laughs> he plays Loris instead. Who, who in their right mind looks at Loris and mine and right now and thinks yes, Loris? Like I don't. Understand. I, mean, I guess he's the captain, so like. Ah, uh, uh, just give it to Mbappe or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> give it to Mbappe. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, Mike yeah, Mike I love Mike Mignon, but not in my team. Really. <laughs> he won the go right big tournament, so I will. <laughs> I wanted to give him a bit of a shout out. Um, who's your right back then? Uh, I have gone for Akraf Hakimi because That's a bit I mean, left field because I think most people don't kind of think about that. Yeah, Hakimi, I mean, maybe. it's really between him or Trent, right? Mm-hmm. But for you me, like Hakimi, for Trent, so. I think it's incredibly rare for a fullback to be a best player in the league. And for me mm-hmm. this season, I think Akraf Hakimi has probably been the best player in the league. At fullback, what Liga? Yeah, so yeah, Liga. Well, he was amazing in Serie A as well, but I wouldn't say he was the best player in the league. But like, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he obviously he got that really surprising move to PSG. I don't, I don't know why he left uh, Inter. Um, just because Inter wanted money. It wasn't. I don't think. I think it was more of that Inter needed to sell some key players more than anything. Yeah, that's why he left, really. I mean, since joining PSG, especially like he's just been completely out of like he he's he's like going forward, he's incredible. Coming back, he's incredible. Like he's basically the perfect right back. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, thinking, uh, he's a big reason yeah. for why PSG are so like what how ten points clear, however clear they are in league. My choice uh, is Trent, obviously. Yeah, I um. Mylan, uh, not Mylan, sorry. Uh, Hakimi's a really good shout, to be fair. But I kind of went for Trent just because his, just because of his key pass metrics. 105 key passes in 2021. That's the third highest of anyone in the in the top five leagues. Which is, uh, I think, the wow. second person was like Thomas Muller, and then above that, it's like I, some random guy found Trent Frankfurt. So, <laughs> um, like, I mean, impressive from fullback to get that many. Yeah, passes. Trent's just he's just he, even when Liverpool haven't been particularly amazing, like, like 2021. He was still incredible. Like he's just he's just really good, Trent. He, he's also you know upping his game defensively as well. He's, he's he's become fairly competent defensively, and the more he grows, I mean he, he he's going to become like the perfect right back, really, at some point. Yeah. Or like uh, one of the like he's he's fantastic. I mean, it's just his, it's just his chance creation. The amount of chances he can create is phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think for the next five to ten years, Trent and Hakimi will be the you know, the standout right backs. I think Reece James does a shout. I think he can be standout. Yes. He's just so, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think like he's not quite as good as Hakimi, but he, he's really good for Reece James. Yeah. Especially <laughs> like, this season. Like he's been so good for Chelsea this season. So yeah, I, that's why I kind of went for Trent. Um, who are your centre-backs? Well, I mean, I've just seen, we've both, for our first centre-backs, chosen Ruben Diaz. I mean, so I think he's the been league. the best. Yeah, the best centre back in the world this year. He was the best centre back in Premier League. Um, yeah, at, I mean Van Dijk was out, mind you, but you know Diaz. Um, I mean, he's he's yeah, almost he's, had the impact on Man City that Van Dijk had yeah. impact on Liverpool. I mean, almost. I feel like Van Dijk. Is, I will kind of say that Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk is a better player. Yeah, I think but, on his day. But Diaz, Diaz has been fantastic. You know, 
for City and has really turned them into like the, he just he fixed that defense. He really did. He you know he's really shored it up. I mean, and I think like, he I think he probably even ex- exceeded his expectations. Yeah, like I I I liked when he came to Man City. I thought it was a good move. I didn't expect him to be this good. And I think he's no, been yeah, so he's, good. He's made everyone around him better. Like he's made John Stones mm-hmm. better. He's made like Alexander Zinchenko better. Well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but you think Carl Walker has been playing like even better since he's came in. Like he's really been their Van Dyke, which is what they needed. They needed that kind of player. I feel like each team needs their Van Dyke, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Van Dyke set, set the trend as that one fantastic, like world class centre back. It's not a trend, but like if like in the Premier League, um, Kind of after a lot of the kind of legends kind of retired, it was kind of a bit of a gap when you haven't got any like a fantastic centre back, and Van Dyke kind of came out of nowhere, and Diaz is here. I think Maguire was supposed to be that for United, but he didn't quite turn out that yeah, way. Not, not not quite. I mean, he's been okay, but not definitely not Van Dyke or Diaz levels. No, I mean, I also got Ben White, who we'll wait and see. But yeah, I don't think he'll reach that kind of level. Either. I don't know if he'll reach that kind of level, but I think he will be a top centre back. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Diaz, Ruben Diaz. I feel like that's. Fair enough. I, I can't wait. Man City won the league. Mouache, can you say it really? Yeah. He's been phenomenal. Um, who was your other centre-back? So, I've gone for Antonio Rudiger because I think this year he, like, his improvement has been second to none. He's become, like, like a really exciting player to watch as well. Like, Yeah, like, he, like he's, like, <clears throat> He's so consistent, but in the big games, he really turns out. I remember in the Champions League final, he was phenomenal. Like he's... the only thing I will say about Rudiger is that there's a, there are slight down marks for the fact that Chelsea are very defensive solid, and also they have three centre backs. So Rudiger is kind of protected in a way. Yeah, but Rudiger is the standout centre back in those three. Like Thiago Silva is brilliant. Cesar Azpilicueta uh, is brilliant. Thiago Silva Christensen's like brilliant. Probably. But, I feel like Silver's. I really guess more showy, but I thought Silver's probably the more dependable one. I don't know. I, I I don't know because Silver's. I mean, he's getting on. You can't rely on him. But Rudiger, he's always. I, mean, there. I can't he's argue always with Rudiger's year. I can't argue about Rudiger having a fantastic year. Yeah, he definitely deserves a shout. You know, as someone who's really become a top centre back. Um, I mean, my one's a bit more kind of out there. He hasn't won anything particularly like individually, like. PSG didn't win the league and Brazil didn't win anything. But I feel like he's someone who's really underrated and people don't really kind of see how great he is. But Marquinhos, yeah. I chose him as a centre-back. I mean, the thing with Marquinhos, he hasn't had anything stand out this year like other t- players have. But he's just really, he's just been really, really good. He's a world-class centre-back, Marquinhos. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I was amateuring between Rudiger and Marquinhos. I, I went for Rudiger, but I mean, I, yeah, Marquinhos is perfectly like, I can see why you've chosen yeah, he's, him. Because I think he plays in Uganda and some people kind of don't see quite how good he can be Marquinhos but he's fantastic he's a fantastic centre back he's really turned into like he's the key man for PSG he's someone who actually I don't know if he's captain but he can he, he's been he there is. for so long and stuff he's got you know he's he's fantastic Marquinhos he's quick he's concentrates really well with great decisions great tackling just he's so good he's so, <laughs> so dependable yeah. as well and he like, can play DM as well which is great yeah so. exactly yeah Marquinhos he's I feel like he's worthy of team of the year yeah, I can I can definitely see why you put in Marquinhos. I really rate him as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. see we've both gone for the same left back in Jean-Paul Yeah, there's Seller. no one else really. There's just no one else. Um, I mean, I if you ask Robertson, me this maybe at the Euros, Robertson maybe Shaw. Shaw actually Shaw actually played like phenomenally. Like he was actually like above Robertson in a lot like all the stats. 
Yeah. Like it's just his second half season has been abysmal. Exactly. I think if Shaw if, kept the pace up, I would have put Shaw here. Yeah, same. Yeah. I was just gonna say that because yeah. Which round Cancelo, like in that inverted wing back role, has been like so good for City. Like he's turned into a different kind of like player. Like I mean, I get for, for the longest time at City, he was just playing right back, but now he's been he trying to like, left back. He was good. He was re- he's very good, but he wasn't quite I feel like it was a kind of a if you looked around his other city teammates, he kind of seemed a bit lost in the shuffle. He wasn't particularly like fantastic, mm. but now he's become that inverted wing back. He's really like taken a new role. Yeah, uh, to... he's been fantastic. Just, actually, I mean... also kind of as much as I like Sinchenko, he obviously isn't anything. He hasn't got the kind of the quality that Jorginho has, and he also allows him to play walk on the right. So it just it just improves City as well. The fact that he's he's been put left back. Yeah, definitely. I mean. He's definitely not great on Alexander Zinchenko. Because mm-hmm. before they had, you know, they were choosing between Walker or Cancelo on the right, but now they could play both of them in the same team. Yeah. And Zinchenko's so, on the bench. I mean, Zinchenko's fine, but I mean, obviously, I'd rather have Shao Cancelo than that, 100%. Yeah, he's been great. A lot of goal contributions, just great player. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll move on to midfield. My foot, well, we'll start off because. Both of us have selected one of the same midfielders. We'll talk about him first, I guess. Oh, that's your so Kimmich. Was it Kimmich? It is Kimmich. Okay, I thought Bavella yeah. for a second. It is Kimmich. Um, he's, I mean, he's. I'm honestly, you just you just look at his sofa score stats, like uh, like his sofa score rating to see how good he's been. Yeah. <laughs> like Joshua Kimmich is. He, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's at a standout player. He's fantastic like he, at. He passes pretty well. Creates good chances. He's really quick. Works really hard. He's just. He's just he's just basically he's a world class defensive midfielder in a team that is one of the best in the world. Yeah. So he holds that Bayern team together, basically. He is he is the engine room in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Like he he's been probably the best in his position for two years now. Yeah. I think he is he's probably the best DM in the world. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. bar Kante. Yes, that's Sabino, one of the things I feel like I mean, with Kimmich. She's is he kind of the only person apart from like that can kind of like claim to be better than Kante, that kind of thing? Exactly. So yeah, just a brilliant player, Joshua Kimmich. So um, my other yeah, two Kim- set of bids, I'll show, I'll give you one of them, Golo Kante, uh, because <sighs> he won the Champions League with Chelsea. He's been phenomenal under two court. Like he's, he is phenomenal anyway. But to, I mean, you just asked two court how important Golo Kante is. Like he kind of describes him as like two play, like having two or three players on the team. Like he's he work, he just yeah, runs constantly. He you know he's been like this for ages now, but he's just full of energy. He's never tired. He just goes on tackles people, makes good passes as well. Actually, um, very well. Like he's just he's just a you know fantastic player. And he won the Champions League, so I feel like he deserved this place, Conte. Yeah, I mean you you've gone for Conte, who's. Probably better than the player that I've chosen, but the player that I've chosen mm-hmm. has one more. Yes, and that is obviously Jorginho. I was thinking about Jorginho. I feel like it. I can I mean, obviously I see why because of just how much he's won. It makes yeah, sense. Exactly. And also, he's been a key player in an Italy and a uh, Chelsea side that have both been best in Europe, according to you know competitions. Yeah, because I mean, con- if I was to choose a player. To have in my football team, I would mm-hmm. choose N'Golo Kante. Mm-hmm. But for this year, Jorginho 
has been a key player in the team that have won the Champions League and the European Championships. And I think if that's actually, the case, I don't think, like, I think you kind of have to go in the team of the year by default. Like, I know double, Emerson d- has as impressive. Well. Like, he's yeah, not I, a I don't know player. if Emerson better than Jacques Cancelo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think it's doubly impressive as well, given kind of how a lot of fans saw Jorginho, especially around the Sari time, where the Sari wasn't doing particularly well. Jorginho was really like, like kind of put on as someone yeah, who didn't play, really just... wasn't good enough, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But he's just turned to a different, yeah, under Tuchel, he's got a lot more motivation. He's really like turned into a key player for that Chelsea side. Um, who I feel like he kind of goes, he kind of goes under the radar, doesn't he? Because he kind of just, he doesn't, he doesn't like, kind of yeah. make amazing tackles. He doesn't make amazing kind of like long, long range passes, but he keeps things sticking. Exactly. He, um, he, I think he is underappreciated, especially in that, like, in that Italy team that won the Euros. Like, he was probably their third best player or second best player. Like, he was really good in that tournament. Yeah, he was key in that midfield. He really helped. Like, he, I think he was the more kind of deep line one, I believe. Um, but yeah, he really helped with just in that midfield triangle. He like worked perfectly with Pirello and uh, for, I think it's Verratti or was it someone else as well? Uh, Verratti was injured for the start, but uh, in the knockout Trif- stages, Verratti played. I'm trying to think of the midfielder is that they had. Oh, Pirello, Jorginho and someone else. Um, oh, I can't remember. They play like was it like Pellegrini or something? I don't, I don't know. Yes, no, yeah, maybe. Might be, I think it might have been Pellegrini. Oh, they, they had spin yeah. at no, Zola oh. at left back. But... Yeah, it was. Um, what's his name? Oh, he had like a break. Locatelli. That's it. Oh, Locatelli. Yes, no, it is. He was also had a good great season. Well, shout out Locatelli. Mm. But yeah, I can, I can understand Jorginho. That makes a lot of sense, especially given what he's won. He's been like he, he's the only key player who has won the Champions League and. Uh, won the Euros, so yeah. So I, 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 like I, I think that warrants a place. Um, my other midfielder in that freeze, Barella, who won Syria. Actually, no, he didn't win the Champions League, obviously, but he won Syria. He won um the the Euros. Euros, yeah. And he's so many. I feel like people don't. He's just fantastic, Barella. Like he's kind of a. I feel like he's kind of the mixture between Kante and Jorginho. He's kind of like got bits of both of them he's yeah very aggressive but can play the ball really well yeah he's got great passing but he's also someone who can you know he makes a lot of tackles he gets in there he's a real engine in the midfield like he can be if you want if, if he needs to be he can be the engine for that midfield he can run the whole midfield by himself like um really well-rounded and especially how young he is as well he's like 22 23 isn't he i think uh, uh yeah he is around that age it's nico barella um someone who going to be a world-class midfielder for years to come and someone who's once yeah, who did really well in the Inter side and really well in the Euros. So, yeah, I feel like he's kind of a must include for me. Yeah, I see why, but I mean, obviously, in a night like I, I would have, Barella has been incredible, but in my team of the year, I I, I just couldn't find room for him <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> because well, I've gone for a bit of an unconventional team here. <laughs> Yeah. I, put, I put Messi at attacking midfield to try and fit everyone. <laughs> I know, I know he plays on the wing, but I mean, we're just going to have to allow it for this. this yeah, uh, let's say for this team. I try my best not to do that because I was like, mm, I feel shameless doing that. So yeah, but I, 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 I you, you can't leave Messi out. Oh no! no obviously, no. the three players I've got up front, I feel like I couldn't leave out either. So I mean, Messi is the player who would. I mean, probably he's fit. also in my team as well. He's left wing in my team. Um, yeah, yeah, chucked him on the left. Um, 
I think the Messier is um even he's not kind of had like the breakout not breakout but he's not had like as successful season as he has but as he normally does but like um what's it called he's won Copa America mm. uh he won he kind of carried a Barcelona side into Europe, like Champions League places who really shouldn't have been there given how just <clears throat> how much chaos was in that team yeah they were yeah like he was still involved in a stupid amount of goal contributions to them uh you know and I feel like winning and the Ballon even in PSG just he's shown how good he can be for PSG still it's just he's had kind of a tough start because he had injuries and stuff and um I said injuries he's had little bits of like he's had to miss some games um fitness and stuff but he's he's getting back into it now so I hope Messi's kind of a must include yeah, I mean, he won the Ballon d'Or. If you win the Ballon d'Or, you have to be in the team of the year. And that as well, which it's debatable, but still, he did play really well. Yeah. So we'll move on to our front threes then. I mean, obviously, or we've already discussed Messi, he's at left wing for you. Uh, mm-hmm. My left winger is Ronaldo. That's obviously, interesting. He doesn't, he doesn't really play left wing anymore. but Because I haven't, I haven't even put Ronaldo in. And, you would think and you're would. a Man United fan. Yeah. I just missed too many good players. I, I kind of was strict though. I made sure not to include. I made sure to put three midfielders in. So yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've put but two and a half midfielders in. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yes, but, I mean, hey, Ronaldo has been great. Yeah, for Juventus and for United. Um, I feel like he's carried both of those teams as well. Mm. He's he's literally the reason why we're in knockout stages of the Champions League now. Like he's yeah, literally the only reason. But. Yeah. And he was pretty good. But, uh, well, he was basically carrying Portugal at the Euros as well. Mm. Like, I mean, he's That's got. True. I mean, is it? Is it thirteen goals in eight games this season for United? Thirteen? Really? I didn't even know it was that much. That's yeah, that makes sense. It's something like that. I don't. Know, I, I saw Gary Neville say it on Monday Night Football. Probably. So uh, it might be true. If if that is the case, that's a great stat. Like, I mean, he scored like most of the goals. Yeah, he's absolutely carrying Man United. I mean, one of the best, well, probably the second best player in the Premier League right now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you put him left wing. Um, the other two players I've got, you've got two more players to go as well. We both got the same two. Yeah. Just, um, I've gone right wing, Mohamed Salah. Of course, you you have to put um, Salah in right now. I think he's the best player in the world right now. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal player. Like the, the amount, put, like he he is so critical to that Liverpool team. He was our best player in that 2021 season, in a time mm-hmm. where they weren't doing particularly well. But Salah still was. Um, he still got like 20 something goals or something like that, didn't he? I think that season. So yeah, in a team that apparently weren't doing too well, even though they were. Do to be fair, still doing quite well. Um, and also this season he's been he's literally he's playing even better than this first Liverpool season. Which is incredible because he was incredible that first Liverpool season. But every time I watch him play, he's just he he just every time he gets the ball, something's gonna happen. Like he just drew about draw past a bunch of defenders. He'll, he he feels like he feels like when Messi's at his peak. Like not I don't think he's as good, but he just ah, similar he's goals. so good. I remember that goal he like, scored against uh, Watford this season, where he just yeah dribbled past like five players and then just slotted him from a ridiculous angle. That's like a yeah, that's like the Messi, Messi. But he's he's just on top form. He finishes really well. He can drop past anyone. He's super quick, super intelligent. 
yeah, Salah. What a player. Yeah. And obviously and up front, we've gone with Robert Lewandowski, who like you couldn't go with anyone else, really. 69 goals in 2021, uh, which is the most out of anyone. Yeah. Uh, it matches Ronaldo's 2013 season, which I think was, yeah, like the top season 2013, I think. Did he, he won the Ballon d'Or that year, didn't he? Ronaldo 2013. Yeah. Which is impressive because Messi still did really well that season. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's like third on that, like the all time. Because I think Messi's the top, for like ninety two goals, something stupid like that in twenty twelve. And then I think Ronaldo. I, but Lewandowski's like, yeah, six nine goals in, in one calendar year is. That's that's it's a outrageous. lot. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of goals. <laughs> he's probably played about fifty games. Let's say I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just like going off my head. He's probably played about fifty sixty games. So doing that kind of goal number is ridiculous. Yeah. He's probably the best player in for Bayern Munich. Yeah, and like I mean, he, he's, he's matching records as well. He's matched Jordan Müller's. Uh, I think he's probably beaten Jordan Müller's record actually, of the most goals for yeah, Bayern he Munich. Yeah, he has. Beaten, he beat that so, record. Bayern Munich legend, one of the greatest strikers of. I'm going to say one of the greatest strikers of all time, in his peak, which is yeah, uh, that's good company. I mean, people are saying like for this generation, Suarez or Lewandowski. So, yeah. I mean, which is impressive because Benzema is also there as well. Yeah. Benzema, who had a great year this year, but I mean, didn't make it any of our team of the years. I'd argue that just not enough space. Probably better than Suarez, which is tough because Suarez is also really good. Yeah. But, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, Lewandowski's probably the best striker of his generation. It, it, I mean, it's either him or Suarez, really. I mean, unless you mm. count Ronaldo or Messi. But yeah. I, I wouldn't. I mean, you could count Ronaldo. You could. But I feel like his kind of striker days were only a certain period of his career anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, Ronaldo's played strike, has only played striker in some parts of his career. Messi's only played false nine in some parts of his career. So mm-hmm. it's like... But Lewandowski, yeah, has been just been fantastic for so many years now. And he probably will continue to do that for the next few years as well, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like he has to be here. So, uh, I, mean, I think I think that's any it for mentions? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah I, honorable I, I mentions. Yeah, honourable mentions. Quickly go for a couple. I just uh, chucked in Allison, Van Dyke, Jorginho, De Bruyne, Thomas Muller, who is yeah, he's got the second most key passes out of any player as well in Europe for this year. Yeah. Which is I didn't even know that. That's really good. I mean, obviously, like Muller's always gonna be like <laughs> I feel bad because I nearly put him in if it wasn't for like the midfield. It's there's just too but, many play like good players. <laughs> and obviously Ronaldo as well, I chucked him in because he's been great. So yeah. How about you? What, what uh, yeah, I'll mention some players play? that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Oblak, Neuer and Donnarumma for goalkeepers. Yep. I feel like all of them deserve a shout. I think all, any mm-hmm. of those could fit in, as well as Alisson or maybe Mignon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, Chiellini and Van Dijk for centre-backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chiellini, I mean, for Juventus, it's a bit on and off, but yeah. Yeah. That Euro, uh, Euro's campaign was really good. Van Dyke has very strong. been injured, but when he has played, it's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, midfielders, Bruno. He dropped Ooh, off a little yeah. bit this year, but... I mean, he's always been... He's a kid player for United. He always comes up with just a bunch of goals, like no matter what, and assists. Like He's just always up there in the goal contributions. So yeah. He's always worth a shout. Uh, De Bruyne. I mean, yeah, especially brilliant last season. But uh, at the start of the season, it's been a, a little well in the past couple of games, he's been phenomenal. But I don't think it's literally he's been season. worse, it's just he's had a bit less importance in the team. Yeah, that's yeah, the Bernardo Silva's been so good, 
other players have kind of around him have got a bit more important. I've got a bit more into the games. So that's literally all it is. The boy is still fantastic. So yeah. Uh, Marco Verratti was great in the latter part of the Euros. Has been great for PSG. Deserves mm-hmm. a shout. And Luka Modric, yep. who I think has been underrated this year. To be honest, I mean, yeah. He's at what thirty six, yeah. he's still absolutely like great for Real Madrid. Like mm-hmm. the most important player for player for Croatia still. Like absolutely great midfielder at his age as well. He's fantastic. One of the, yeah, generational. One of the best of this generation. Yeah, Modric. He'll be remembered as that anyway. And forwards. I mean, you've already mentioned Benzema briefly, but also uh, Mbappe and Haaland. Yeah, they've had both fantastic years. Both. Of them. Yeah, they've kind of in recent in the past year and two, they've been. They've become basically like the next like greats in like the next kind of like people that it, you know in ten years time will be like these other generational talents. Yeah, they'll, they'll both win a Ballon d'Or, I think. Yeah, like a hundred percent. I think Haaland's. I actually think Haaland's more likely to than Mbappe, which is insane because Mbappe's amazing. Yeah, oh, it's tough though. They're both just they're both so good. Especially if Mbappe gets his move to Real, I think he'll definitely. If he gets his move to Real, then things might. Yeah, things. That's gonna be that's gonna be fantastic for them. He'll. He, I could. I could, I think it's happening. To be fair, I could definitely see it. Yeah, I think it is as well. And Benzema but, for it as well, which is, yeah, Benzema says a shout. He's been great. Been for fantastic. For VR team who, despite everything, have still been quite good. Like, they've, they've kind of been, a, they've still been a top league aside, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they're running away with it this year. I mean, Benzema's been helped by the emergence of Vinicius Junior this, uh, this season as well. So, still right, scoring well, a lot of goals, though. I will say, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to end the podcast here because, well, it's, yeah, final one of 2021. We've kind of covered everything about this year. Yeah. Um, next time, um, I don't know. If, I think there will be some games, possibly. I think almost even then, transfers, though. Transfers. And also, I will like, well, I actually will formally make this a segment, uh, predictions for the 2022, because I feel like it's probably a good idea doing that in a separate podcast. Yeah, but I think that is a good idea. I think we should look, look forward to the year and see, hey, what do you think is going to happen? Which is something you kind of did at the end of the last podcast, but that was a bit chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> but, we'll, we'll, we'll do an actual formal version of that. Mm-hmm. Not not just me yeah. saying well, Argentina are going to win the World Cup in the last five seconds of the podcast or whatever. <laughs> Marco Royce will win the Ballon d'Or, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Marco Royce. <laughs> Some insane take like that. Blackburn yes, are going to but... get promoted and Tony Mowbray will be the next Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Blackburn, Blackburn will win the league. <laughs> you know, that would be, be their second Premier League to be fair so. it would yes more than um, Tottenham more than Liverpool and Tottenham and Liverpool yeah true tiny clubs obviously yeah. <laughs> I can't say that I'm a straight face anyway we'll, 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 we'll end the podcast there before we offend too many people mm-hmm. uh, thank you very much for watching for a few episodes this year and hopefully yeah. we'll see you going into the new year hopefully it's a good year yeah thank you Bye-bye. Goodbye.